day 139. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So yesterday we started First Kings, or last episode. Yep. <laughs> started First Kings. And um, man, so we have Solomon here, right? So last episode, bro, it showed Solomon as this wise realm ruler. Right. Mm -hmm. He was this wise realm ruler. Here he's going to be this wise temple builder. Right. right. Now remember, I said he was spoken of in Adam like language, right? right? Turning between good and evil, all this kind of stuff. And the Bible, fam, it's it's literally the same thing over and over. Once right. you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. God is going to use a Adam like figure to he's going to commission him to rule over his new creation kingdom uh -huh. Noah failed right? right Abraham and Moses like they fell failed Solomon fails right so we need the last Adam that's why the, that's why the Bible calls him the last Adam it doesn't right. even call him the second Adam we always missed it up right it's the last Adam we right. need Christ to come do it ultimately yeah anyway yeah. first Kings 5 you know part of that covenant with David bro he's right. like yo your son from your body my G right is gonna build the temple for me right and here you have the son from his body building the temple for him yep. God it's almost like God keeps his promises bro right <laughs> so right. you see uh all this stuff happening here and um yeah so I think what's what's interesting about this bro the pinnacle bro of 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 uh Solomon's wisdom is seen in his knowledge of and obedience to the covenant, right? The relationship mm. that he has with God that culminates in him building a temple Amen. for God. Yep. Yeah. And we just see the storyline continuing to progress, right? Mm -hmm. David want, had the desire, mm -hmm. was getting ready to do it. God said, yo, yo, hold up. Just because you have the desire don't mean that you're going to do it. I've got somebody else that's lined up to do this. And what we see is God mm -hmm. keeping his promises in Solomon. He's gonna praise him for that at the end when the mm -hmm. like in in that song in chapter eight, we're gonna see that constant, mm -hmm. yo, God, you promised. We're calling out on you to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. You're a God that keeps promises. Chapter five through eight are just gonna kind of walk us through mm -hmm. that process. Yeah, I think um we need to remember that uh the biblical authors were the greatest samplers of all time. Right. right? So Deuteronomy twelve. One of the main points of Deuteronomy is the centralization of worship, right? God is like, yo, when y'all get into the land, there's this central place right. that I want to have my name dwell, right. right? We see Deuteronomy 12 coming to fulfillment here, right? right? This more permanent structure is where the temple would be. And um, it's interesting too, bro, because, you know, remember the tabernacle, right. his temporary dwelling that, that, could, that they could port around. Right. It was casted with a spirit of wisdom right. that built it. Right. And so now you see Solomon with with more wisdom than them yeah. uh, building it as well. And so it just gives the details. 480 years after they came out of Egypt, right? All these things. Keep that in mind, though. Once yeah. again, Egypt is mentioned. The mm -hmm. reminder that, listen, that came out 400 years ago, right? Like we talked about at the end of last time. Mm -hmm. Like you said, yo, this is the pinnacle Heaven on earth right here. Yep. And now they're getting ready to start to build the temple or the house of the Lord. Yeah. But even as he builds it, it's <laughs> it's not built on an incline. 
it's built on a decline. That snowball is going to, the snowball of their unfaithfulness is going to roll downhill and pick up steam. Real, real quick, bro. One of the things that Texas is going to continue to use the same verb, banah, which, which is to build. Yeah. And it is, it is from 2 Samuel 7 where right. he's like, yo, your son's going to build my temple. This is why Jesus, right after Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, yo, upon this rock, I will do what? I will build, build my, my church. church. Mm. So Jesus is actually yeah. the true Davidic temple builder, mm. which is the temple, which is his people, where he's going to dwell with them. At first Peter's going to say, no, 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 we're a house of God. Come we're on, big bro. living stones. That text is Solomon different. gathered stones. Yes. Jesus gathered us as yeah. stones to build us together. I love it. No, this is why, and this is a side point, why yep. the unity of the church is so Important. God is building us together as a house in the same way that stones lay on one another. If the stones are at war and don't lay right, the temple crumbles. God is not in the business of his temple being destroyed. Yeah, it's almost like the Bible keeps rerunning the same episodes because how long did it take Solomon to build a temple? Right. Seven years, right? Right. And so you see the climax of this thing, bro, is seven years. God is saying, I'm going to dwell here. And then the temple has so much garden imagery, right? Right. That should take us back to the Garden of, of right. Eden, right? It talks about the cherubim. Those things were worked into the Garden of Eden, right? So right. you see, this is not just a random house structure. This is the dwelling place of God. This is a big deal, bro. And so um, this climax of First of, uh, Kings 6 is going to talk about um, the seven years it took him to build it, all the garden imagery, all the heavenly kind of imagery that was used before this and after this uh, for God dwelling with his people. And what's crazy, bro, is, yeah, we have to remember the goal of everything, the goal of all things, the goal of creation, the goal of redemption is to dwell with God, right. to have fellowship and intimacy and closeness and communion with God. And they're trying to realize that promise here. Now, what's crazy is in 1 Kings 7, mm. it's going to say, yo, he built the temple. And? Oh, he built the temple in oh, 6. Yeah. But in 1 Kings 7, he builds his own palace. Yep. And it took him seven years, mm. right? The yep. sabbatical pattern yep. that was necessary. But it takes him 13 years to build his. Mm. So you see already the Texas trying to just slide in them Jones like, hey, bro. Yo, why's your house? <laughs> David's thing was, God, I got this big house and you don't have nothing. Right. I want yours to be grand. Solomon comes to him and says, like, yo, God, I built your house. Mm -hmm. You know, now I just want to build mine. I want to take <laughs> twice as long and, you know, build a joint. And yep. he doesn't just build a house for himself. He builds a house for Pharaoh's daughter, mm. right? Mm. Uh, again, Egypt is being brought back up. Remember, this is the place y'all came out of slavery. God mm. wanted distance, and Solomon is constantly inching it closer, and not just bringing it into his house, but building a place of permanence for Egypt to exist amongst the people of God, and the compromise is going to flow from that. Yeah, and it's um interesting too because again, the Bible gives you hints like a good movie does. Right. Right? Hints and small scenes about what's going to happen later. And uh, you know, we'll see more and more, bro, that the more like Solomon, I think the lesson is is that uh we're in trouble, bro, if we begin to focus more on ourselves and our own luxuries right. than the explicit and specific things the Lord has called us to do. Right, and Solomon's going to do that more and more throughout the text. Haggai, you're going to see the same thing. God's yeah. like, "Yo, it's time to rebuild my thing." 
Why isn't there time enough to rebuild my hey, man, temple? Ain't got time. We we get God later. cribs got vaulted <laughs> ceilings and marble countertop. Right, it's yeah. God. Vending machines. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yep. And um, so at the end though, it comes back to the temple and it talks about how the expensive and fine materials, and it, it's it's not just showing that God is is dwelling here in this temple, but that God should be their treasure. Right. Right. The the very elaborate materials that are going to be used um uh, were very expensive in the day. He is Emmanuel. Right. He is God with us. First Kings eight comes. And this is good, bro. The Ark of the Covenant. Right. They bring the Ark of the Covenant to the joint, to the temple. It dwells in the temple. Now the Ark of the Covenant was this small little structure with the uh with the um uh the tablets, the stone tablets in right. it. Right. The Ten Commandments. And the throne, it, it represented the throne of God right. on earth. So this is not just some random house. God is a great king, right? right? He is this great king in our midst. And he is dwelling with his people. And um, he is not just like we always say, he's not just transcendent, but he's also eminent, right? right? He is lofty and high above us and above comprehension, but he's also eminent, intimate, and close with his people. Right. And you see that happening like it did in, you know, creation and in the tabernacle is happening here. And so, uh, yeah, in First Kings 8, bro, he's going to dedicate this temple right. to the Lord with this long, elaborate prayer. Uh, that we don't have time to go all the way through. Yeah, but it's amazing, man. Like he he continues to say, like Gentiles, yeah, that will come and worship you here when the people of God need forgiveness. Right, right? they'll have to pray towards the temple. Right, and it's amazing. It's in the details, really quick. You know, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, yeah. they were kicked to the east. And right. In Genesis three through eleven, you're going to see east, east, east. They keep going further east, right. east, east. Now the temple, you know what? The way it opens, yeah. it opens to the east, mm. right? Because the people of God are now being restored, right. right? To come back at least on an earthly, right, temporal level before yeah. the climax comes in the personal work of Jesus Christ. Um, it opens to the east, so that the people of God can come into the presence of God and worship the God of the universe. Yeah, and I love it. First Kings eight sixty. At the end, he's like, may all peoples of the earth right. know that Yahweh, the Lord, is God. There is no other. In other words, this temple was not just made for its magnificence, but it was supposed to be for missions. Right. Right. It, yeah. was, supposed to, it was supposed to be so the world could know, mm. the peoples of the earth, that the Lord is the only true incomparable God. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Now let's pray. Father, we pray uh, that as you sought to rebuild or to build your temple in the people of God, we pray that we would exist for the same purpose to make you known throughout all the world. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.